Hey, you're listening to the New Life at Home podcast with Tim. My guest this episode is Vicky Whitelaw. Vicky was a professional athlete. She competed at the highest level as a cyclist. She shares her story, some of the highs, some of the lows, and what it was like to be a Christian athlete. She also shares what life looks like for her now in retirement and how her faith shapes that. Vicky Whitelaw, welcome to the podcast for this episode of New Life at Home. Are you excited to be on? Oh, always excited. Always excited. You're going to chat to us about uh, your cycling career and what it was like for you being a Christian athlete. Uh, can you just give us an idea what it was like being involved uh, as a professional cyclist and what you loved about competitive cycling and you know how far you went with that? Mm. I guess I wanted to backtrack a little bit on um, where I sort of started in, uh, in in life. I was always a pretty active kid uh, growing up. I was that um, getting into running as a child at school. I was into 800 and 1500 metre distances. I'd go to cross country. I'd compete at state netball level. At uni, I dabbled in, u- in rowing a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. I really liked the team environment as opposed to the, the singleton sport. Um, and particularly with running, I literally was um, started to be hampered with a whole lot of lower league injuries. And I thought, well, this is just no good and I can't <laughs> solve this problem, but I want to be active. Yeah, so you liked competition mm. and you liked competing, mm. but you know, injuries, like you hadn't found that right thing for you. No, and it wasn't <laughs> until I moved to Canberra, probably uh, early 2002, I, I got a position as a massage therapist at the Institute of Sport. And I moved there and uh, I was working a lot with the Australian rowing team and they travelled to the Lower Blue Mountains. So Penrith was the lakes where we'd compete. And around their rowing, they do a lot of cross training and they'd hike uh, and they happened to ride bikes. So ah. I would, I'd massage these, um, these rowers, the elite team in the mornings. And then I'd go on these expeditions on our bikes, mountain biking um, on the road uh, with those um, with that team and that was really fun I really enjoyed it um, particularly I spent about six weeks uh, in St Moritz in the Swiss Alps which was a Ooh. hard hard expedition to take um, but what it meant it was just altitude training uh, beautiful scenery um, as I said massaging them in the morning and going on these long hikes and and rides in the um, in the afternoons and uh, that's probably my, my foray into cycling, as it was. Yep. And that realized that when I did it, it didn't hurt my knees. Uh, my, <laughs> my joints felt great. And I was. Just that in, low impact. Yep. Yeah, the, the low income, in, uh, impact, but also the, the, not the optimal biomechanics for running. I think uh, now that I work <laughs> in that exercise rehabilitation space, which is my, my, my exercise science background, I realized that I probably could have run and continued to run. I just had to work out how to do it biomechanically. Okay. And now it's a different story, but I prefer cycling, um, hands down. Mm. Um, so, yeah, when I returned from overseas, uh, I decided to jump the fence and be an athlete myself. I got quite good at it. Um, yep. I trained, you know, I joined some clubs here in Canberra and, and triathlon clubs, and I tried to beat the guys, basically. <laughs> and there was this uh, Wednesday Worlds, which is kind of like it's all on for the sprint, and everyone sits around the cafe and talks about who won in the sprint. Yep. So I suppose, um, I guess that was just my introduction as to how I got into the cycling per se 
and I wasn't a spring chicken when I sort of took off in the in the more elite field. I was about 27, and that's considered old. Um, yeah. And, uh, wow. Sort of, so I, you started late in the, the cycling. I hadn't been sitting on the lounge doing nothing pre that, but <laughs> yeah, it sure. was really cycling where, again, it satisfied my competitive juices um, and the fact that you could ride longer distances as opposed mm. to running. So the fact yeah. that you can ride 100Ks and capture in the, 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 the mountains because there are around Canberra, that was a really uh, a nice thing. And mm. um, I guess then, um, you know, just around 15 years ago through the cycling club is when I met Dave, my now husband, who um, happened to be riding a bike as well. So it, it, yeah. it was a quite quite a motivation to kind of stay in the game. And, and <laughs> uh, we got to know each other through that way. And, and then as it turned out, he was the, you know, my greatest support for, you know, in, in, a, in a cycling at the elite and international level. So, yeah, but I, I did, um, we, we got married in around, I, well, I know when we got married, we got married in 2006 and what that meant is though a year later I was jumping overseas competing for Australia and, and professional cycling teams and um, I was I was riding for a British uh, professional team um, and then a, a Belgian team lotto and um, I was I based myself in Italy, so that's a European training base for the AIS, uh, an incredible area because you're you're literally what 50k is sort of north northwest of Milan. Um, you're on this um, place called Lago Maggiore, and but surrounding you are magnificent mountains and endless mm. rides. Um, once a year, Dave would hop over from Canberra. He'd escape the Canberra winter. We'd come and yep. come and visit me for three or four weeks, which he loved. And we'd, um, you know, trip around Rome and Venice and Florence. And then on the other side, I'd be racing in the hardcore rain and, and um, mud of, of Belgium, mm. thinking, why the heck am I doing this? Oh, that's right. I really enjoy it. And I love, um, I think I love the competition side, of course. Um, mm. And I'm driven to um, high performance. But at the time, you're thinking, like on these skinny <laughs> Belgian roads, you know, if you go 20 centimetres to your right, you're in a Belgian canal. And if you go yeah. <laughs> to your left, you're in a headwind and out the back of a bunch of 180 80 riders. Wow. Um, so the. And the it, descents, pretty dangerous. The descents are just scary. If you thought about it long enough, you'd think, why Why am I doing this at all? And, and I've had teammates obviously going over the edge of mountains. Wow. And, um, you know, and I've had mm. teammates on the Australian team, um, you know, killed by cars and so you do do a lot of assessment mm. and think it is a pretty um dangerous sport like very mm. dangerous and if you do any sort of thinking hard enough about it you'd think <laughs> why why the heck yeah why am i doing this mm. and again at this stage of my life when i could be doing something more normal mm. at home mm. um and settling down with my husband and and living in canberra which, did you win stuff yeah i won some big races i was a uh, a time trialist, which is sort of oh, fits yeah. my personality to the T because I like to control my environment. <laughs> and um, what I realized, and again, I can go into this later, that God really taught me about this idea of control and that uh, you had to let go a bit. So, yes, you can do a discipline like time trialing, which is against the clock. So it's you against the clock. You control your training, you control your environment to a degree. You haven't yeah. got 180 riders behind you with one small move of their wheel crashing yeah. into you. So that suited my, my sort of personality mm. um and uh yeah. yeah as i said it felt less dangerous yeah, yeah i eventually i mean i kept doing that and as i said every year dave and i'd sit down and say right 
should we keep riding? Mm. Um, and, and Dave was invested in that too because he was part of my training. He'd get out on the motorbike and motor pace me in front. Oh, um, that's awesome. I can see him train. doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he'd look in the in the rearview mirror and he'd decide whether I was hurting enough. He'd look at my face and he sort mm. of says now he'd kind of put a bit more pressure on the accelerator and mm. push me a bit harder. So he was part of the team. He was part of the team. It was in, Team White yeah. Law. And, <laughs> and again, I wouldn't have been able to do it on a number of fronts. I wouldn't mm. have been gone to the international level if I didn't have um, him in so many ways. Like we, mm. we, we joke about his name should have been on my jersey or my kit. Um, <laughs> just that support mentally and spiritually. And, and Skype was a great thing back then yeah. because it meant that email conversations then progressed to two, three-hour length Skype conversations while we were away. Um, mm. And it was pivotal in keeping me mentally uh, together because it's a really tough life. I mean, an yeah. athletic life is tough. Uh, and whilst it's a team sport cycling, it can just feel extremely lonely. Yeah. yeah. And one of the one of the struggles mm. that you had was as a Christian mm. uh, in that space, mm. um, you know, is this right? Is it okay for me to keep pursuing this career at this time? Can I be a Christian and a professional athlete at the same time? Mm. Um, do you want to share a bit about that struggle that you had and how you kind of reconciled being a Christian and mm. being an athlete? Um Yeah, I think um, before I was a Christian, I became a Christian in my early teens and um, I've been very successful. And what does success look like? For me, it was results driven. I was good Mm. at everything I put my hand to and God gave me um, abilities to um, to drive myself. To, I had a high work ethic, but I did well. Like I was that talented kid academically and sports, and <laughs> yeah. almost the one who got paid out because you know she was just good at everything. Um, yeah, and, people tried to bring you back down. A yeah, few poles yeah, in and ways. I struggled. You know, mm. uh, there was a time when. Um, and if your identity is based on your performance, which I didn't get massive pressures from family, but there was these subtle mm. undertones of, wow, Vicky just ducks the school and Vicky just won the cross country race and, and, and people clap you for that and they, mm. and, and they put you up and, I, and you gain a lot of your identity is based on your ability to do well. Um, mm. And then things started to, not just in the sporting context, um, you know, hit me at uni where I, people were better than me <laughs> and people beat me and my stats weren't necessarily ranking up. And I went through quite a, a struggle time mentally like, well, who am I? Like I'm not performing anymore. And my identity was based on my results. Mm. And um, so that was similar to, to cycling, except I've entered cycling in a place where I've been a Christian for some time mm. and um, and still, still had this eye because I, you know, fall all the time. Where you know I didn't make my first world um, time trial um, or world championships when I had glandular fever, and that was a massive setback because I'd mm. made it. I'd won this time trial outright in in Queensland. Here's your ticket to the world champs, and then a month later, mm. here's glandular fever. You can't go. And so cycling is just a metaphor of life, right? It's full on. <laughs> um, ups and downs and there's a lot more downs and troughs and i suppose Mm. um then if you have so many troughs you could be left just thinking right well this is just this is pretty uh tough i'm always in these lows Mm. right but if your identity is based on 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 that versus um versus what what christ has done i suppose that that totally changes it if I had to look at a, a verse that kind of really spoke to me about, I guess, identity, I think of Ephesians 2, um, yeah. 8 to 9, which says, you know, God saved you by his grace 
when you believed and you can't, I can't take credit, credit for this. It's not a reward for the good things I do, you know, and God doesn't see me, um, you know, differently. I don't, I don't get a trophy for this. Um, and mm. the immense freedom in that, you yeah, know, when well, I, yeah. I think I became a slave to my performance and my identity based on how I perform in everything. Um, and it gets you down and really flat. But then the freedom, and I, and I never really... Well, you know, I've got older and and uh, and been a Christian longer, but mm. the elation and the uh, happiness I feel that you know God has given me obviously these great abilities, you know, to perform right, and for me to deny that is almost like you know, <laughs> it, it is a is a throw in the face to God because you've given me these abilities and gifts, mm. and you know, if I use them, if my life is to honor you then I can still go in there with the mindset of I want to do the absolute best because I'm presenting my body, as it were, as, mm. and, and my abilities as a, as a, um, a thankfulness and an honouring to God. And I mm. think that's where, obviously, they're the words that I try to keep talking to myself because we can always slip up because I can get a lot of, you know, congratulations and adulation mm. and personal people and um, people telling me, Vicky, you're great, you know, you're so good mm. and... Um, you and know. other athletes as well being driven by yeah. their own sort of glory yeah. and um... yeah and I and I I really do struggle when I see people uh, I suppose the Olympics is the biggest example for me of human endeavor like you mm. know in the sporting context and, and particularly Australia places such an import on on our sport and how good are we and I sit there and shake my head and I just want the people who do well just to acknowledge where that's come from and that there's yeah. everything that they have their skills and abilities are god-given mm. and it um being in that environment it's incredibly it's uh, a testament to god's creativity and yeah and um endeavor more mm. than it is about yeah. our own personal endeavor yeah and, and of course yeah you you have to put an immense amount of commitment and focus and hard work which is in the end why i stopped writing because i loved all, all the the, 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 the prizes at the start, you know, uh, a new team. I, I had a, a new team contract when I decided in 2011 to retire. I'd finished a world champs. I'd been to Delicom games. But um, mm. A, I think that God had different has different phases for our life. Mm. And for, or for my life, I can certainly see there was different times where um, I was doing different mm. things. My purpose hadn't changed, but just the vehicle had. And, mm. um, and, and, I wasn't, um, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the mental, the motivation to, to keep riding. Like you have to do 25, 30 hours on the bike where, mm. yes, I could have kept going, but I was trying to muster up motivation yeah. um, from um, external means. You know, I need a, I need a stronger t- uh, person to ride with, or I need, I need this, I need that. And so in the end it was like, no, it's time, time to, to stop. time to yeah. stop. Yeah. So talking about retirement, mm. you've, Throwing yourself into some other, some other spaces now, like yeah. into the mentoring space and mm. um, the team environment of cycling. Uh, what are you, what are you getting up to now? What what are you excited about um, with, you know, that different way of putting into the sport? Yeah, I can genuinely say that uh, as a 
coach or a teacher when I see students of mine or people who do well and mm. what does do well I, I get ex- really excited I have this energy that builds and it particularly builds in a team environment um, my my abilities to maybe teach and instruct has become apparent and and that in at the moment that looks like in in a health and wellness space in my in my job in exercise rehabilitation mm. I love um, helping people um, I guess better them better their lives physically and mentally and of course I'd love that to extend to you know a spiritual and and um, mm. way but like it's it's not okay now this is what I do for church and this is what I do <laughs> outside mm. that it can be all a worship space and that I can be using the gifts that I it's have it's all part of living out exactly. your Christian life and yeah. your Christian faith but, and, and it sounds logic that you say that but I didn't at the time I thought oh you know how can I be a Christian outside and it's challenge and me teaching and again is this still okay is mm. this okay uh, so that's my job in health and wellness but I also work with um, a cycling team and a national road series uh, Sydney Uni Staminade and um, they're women like me I look back and say well they want to excel they want to make that jump from Australia level cycling to international status some of them do some of them don't mm. and uh, since retiring I went through my coaching qualifications and I did a lot of leadership stuff and I thought oh, again I, I sort of resisted it because I was like oh, I'm not really a leader I don't know how to do this um, but again mm. God showed me that you've got knowledge and knowledge is one thing but you have this ability to share and teach and it does make you excited Vicky so why not in the different context where you are whether that's working with a cycling team and establishing a culture mm. which is a healthy one which is not all about winning <laughs> but it's about developing people and yeah. um, and teams and they're not Christians in this and again I'm, mm. I'm isolated but the I guess the leadership team that we work with it feels it um, it feels more holistic, and mm. and again, I really enjoy, um, you know, really listening to people in in a world which is is mm. broken, and mm. that but that I can have an input and a positive one, which with a Christ like, you know, yeah. drive. There's an expression of love uh, mm. in that environment yeah. that you can yeah. show and model and promote yeah. within the team. Yeah, as well. and again, I want to be that leader, you know, the David like leader as opposed to the Saul one. You know, like again, I want to be the one that. Um, and I've been reading a book lately. Um, that, that there's a YouTube hit, Simon Simek or something. He's written. He does one on empathy. Um, and I don't. He's not a Christian. Um, and then I read a book. I picked up a book the other way that you know leaders lead last or they. And I kind of went. All of this secular writing. I mean, it all just points straight back to Christ, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like leadership, uh, servant leadership. Who came up with that? (laughs) And so this idea is what I aspire to, you know, Mm. like truly, Vicky, like if you are going to lead and there are different, obviously, models of leading, but if you if you're not serving, um, you know, again, putting those people first. What does it look like? Mm. And there's so many scenarios that mm. I'm grappling with, but enjoying the challenge because I'm going, well, what model do you want to follow, and what leaders do you look to? And you know, mm. who do we put up there as our great leaders, and who do we aspire yeah. to? And I look at them and go, well, what features do I like? Servant-hearted leadership. You know, you, you just have to Jesus. go to the Bible, right? You go to Jesus, you go to David, who says, right, and as as much as he stuffed up. You know, he was a man after God's own heart. And mm. that's, um, I don't know, I love that stuff. Yeah, mm. that's great. Mm. Uh, coming back now to uh, success, mm. we touched on this a little bit, but mm. what is success um, ultimately for you? I know that 1 Corinthians 9 mm. 
there's a few verses there that have been uh, important to you. Mm. I think, um, well, 1 Corinthians 9 is talking about running a race. Um, and I love the the examples of the athletic kind of ones in the Bible because, again, I, yeah, really, yeah. I really resonate with It's a great that. metaphor for yeah. you that yeah. really that image mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and now, though, you know, like it feels like I've been working hard for most of my life. Like I put a lot of effort, right? And, again, just back to that now I feel freer and that I'm running God's race, <laughs> you know, mm. and that, that, that the ultimate goal is being with God again and in, in that right relationship because mm. – uh, look, when I try to run my own, <laughs> my own race and choose the path, like I get pretty stuffed up. What does it look like at the end of the day? Success for me is not that results on the paper because, um, you know, that's it's temporary. I suppose having an eternal perspective and running that race of life and what does, mm. you know, it's success at the end of it. Uh, depends on mm. how is my relationship with with God, and it mm. and it hinges on the gift that He's given me. There's this the faith, Ephesians two gift. Yeah, there's this before. faith versus works thing, and mm. I I seem to kind of always like a lot of times in life come back to how much have I got to work though? Mm. How much have I got to work, God? And He's like, no, Vicky, Vicky, like you know, relax in in my grace. Mm. And so success is being back in a relationship with Christ, and mm. the successes. I don't know. I don't look at them as objectively and tangibly anymore. You're seeking to be the best in the context mm. of a more important, bigger race mm. that's being run with yeah. a greater prize at the end that yeah. won't yeah doesn't that won't tarnish, go away doesn't know, tarnish like doesn't tarnish doesn't you know I've been I've made all those mistakes yeah and I, again I haven't got it right right I'm gonna <laughs> the running the race bit it's it's a marathon too like it keeps going you know mm. and um at what point should we say riding the race just for this riding podcast? the race <laughs> yeah but right. it's a really nice picture because I think um that that's who I'm wanting to please here I want to mm. please God yeah, I reckon that's a great place to end. Thanks mm-hmm. so much, Vicky, for coming on the podcast for this mm-hmm. episode. It's been great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of New Life at Home with Vicky Whitelaw sharing her journey as a Christian athlete. I'll be back again next week for another episode before taking a break from the podcast for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.